Hi, little buddies. This is Sam the Detective Dog here, and you're listening to Canned Geek. So yes, as Sam of Sam Max has said, this is the Canned Geek Podcast. My name is Kyle Evans. Let's uh, go around the table and introduce ourselves. Hi, I'm Jen. I'm Liam Markon. And tonight, our guest is Will! But... Yeah, no, our actual guests no, are uh, Lloyd Kaufman and Bill Farmer. But we'll get to those guys in a second, because um, we, we met those, cool those well, two though. dudes at the uh, Melbourne Armageddon, which is a pop culture expo, and that happened uh, back in October on 16th and 17th down at the Melbourne Convention Centre. And Price. we... It did. Yeah. It, it certainly did. did. It certainly was an event. Um, and we were all I could definitely say it was at the Convention Centre. <laughs> that was its location. I believe it was, yes. Yeah. So yeah, we all we all attended, but not all at once, kind of overlapping in various various places. Um who who wants to kick off with their first impressions? I you guys don't want my first impression. <laughs> Alright, go you Liam. Never have a good we spent the least time with you. Yes. Well, Armageddon Expo. It's exactly like Armageddon Expo is every year. Um however this year there was a I'd say less panels. Um, there was a DeLorean. Uh, that was their last year. Yeah, actually, that's true. It was their last year. Well, just just to explain the setup, is, is it's in the a huge kind of warehouse type area, and you got a whole bunch of booths, like you know, a hundred or so. How many? A hundred. How many millions of booths it's they like have? Twenty booths. Um, and they also have kind of a couple of panel rooms off to the side uh, where they have you know their. But they've got panel. all their actors and celebrity guests who come out. There's for the one show. panel area and then, the main stage. Yeah, you're not. And they're not rooms. No. They're just like there's dividers well, put up that don't go, even go to the ceiling. So. As it says, the convention center is in Fred's shed. Uh, so it's pretty much a giant hall that has the booth set down the middle with the artist alley on either side. There's also a section uh, marked off for a, pa- a small panel area, uh, and then the main stage naturally where most things go on. As a brief aside, you can tell that Jen's totally from Canberra, seeing as she just called it Fred's Shed. It is Fred's Shed, I'm pretty it? sure they call it Jeff's Shed. Oh, whatever. Who's <laughs> Fred? Who the fuck is Fred? Who the fuck is Jeff? I don't know what the fuck. How am I meant to know your cultural things from Melbourne? I don't you know. cultural things in Melbourne? It is a giant shed, though. Yes. Pretty much. And so, yeah, this giant shed was filled with a whole bunch of uh, storeholders. The main attraction being uh, the, the, all the guests and celebrities they had down there. People like, you know, John DiMaggio, voice of Bender, um, Bill Farmer, voice actor, voice of people like Goofy and Sam and Max, who we just heard in the introduction. Uh, you suck. Yes. You, you're not mentioning I... any of the good people, like well, Michael Shanks who, 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 or who Ben Browder. Nah, I gotta, I gotta I say, he did name. mention the good people. Michelle Forbes. Come on, people. John, yeah, John DiMaggio he, 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 signed. I got him to sign his own head. It's pretty. Well, cool. What? But you have to admit that you like <laughs> skipped over all of the TV stars and went straight to the random voice actors. Because I, like I have to admit, Bender is fucking like cool. TV. But still. Yeah. Well, I, I have the uh, the box set of um, Futurama, which is mm. encased in Bender's head, uh, life size. Oh right! I was going to ask: Is John DiMaggio bald? Yes. <laughs> yes. And like, he kind of got him to yes. sign his actual head. And. Uh, and, People uh, pay for him to sign his own I don't yeah. know. He might be that kind of guy. I am into the kinky, including signing what? of own heads. That's a kink? Oh, God. 
I'm sure everything's a kink. Somewhere, <laughs> somewhere that's kink. The other day, I found a Flickr feed with just women holding fish. <laughs> like just holding them, it's not like, doing anything. No, just holding the fish. What? How was that kinky? They weren't even signing the fish. <laughs> <laughs> Women holding fish. I think that's just. But that is actually a big draw sure of the Armageddon convention. Sketch. Not necessarily signing fish, but meeting your your celebrities and your heroes and stuff, and getting them to sign. It'd be more interesting. If people sign fish. Yes, yeah, however, more smelly. Like bringing the fish market. I don't in. think it would be actually. Because then It'd everyone like would buy the best it wouldn't fish. Wouldn't be any less or more smelly. And you'd have to buy like a bigger fish, depending on how many signatures you want, or multiple fish. No, no, no! You bring a really tiny fish and get as many of them to sign it as you can, and just like watch them like struggle to fit their name on there. <laughs> Thirty bucks a pop. I'm not going to try that. Or was it forty this year? Thirty for autographs, forty for photos. You can tell we're media because we don't know the price of things. No, no. Yes, that would that never. That was a buy, super expensive ticket that actually let you get to see panels. Yeah. Well, how let, much was that? Let's talk about some of the panels we actually saw, hey? I didn't see any panels. I didn't see any panels. <laughs> Are you serious? They actually fixed the panel rooms this year because last year, yeah, yeah. um, it was last year they had like two speakers up the front and you couldn't hear very well because you know. There's lots of general Atmos noise, lots of people talking and sometimes wrestling going on. Uh, this year they had, um, they had uh, front and fold back and uh, front surround speakers, uh, and that helped it a lot, except for when people didn't have any good mic technique and held the um, uh, microphone three feet away from their face. Yeah. But the panels who knew what they were doing, people like Lloyd Kaufman and the, uh, the Stargate dudes who actually had mic technique. Michael Shanks. Yeah. 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 Um, That's who we sat in on. Because I wanted to. I refuse to refer as Ben Bradder as being from Stargate, even though I love Mean Starscape, as I like to call it. God, uh, why is that? Bad idea. Because he's from Farscape, and then him and what's Claudia her name, Black. Claudia Black, just jumped Tori ship. Black? I didn't say Tori Amos. Like that's random. Ship when it ended, and then they joined Stargate. Now, I have to admit, they're pretty good in Stargate. Like. These are nine and ten is actually kind of good. But it's uh, they're exactly the same as they are in Farscape. Yeah, I know, but it's like... Yeah, they're like, actually, they're more like opposite than they are in Farscape. Yeah. Actually, no, I Ben like exactly I think she's hilarious. So... I'm sick of her voice. Claudia Black. She's in the everything. That's why I like Pitch Black. I love seeing her get torn in half in that movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's satisfying. I don't think... We should have that scene that's an awesome movie. I think I hate her voice. I just hate the sound of her voice. Yeah. Don't Me play too. Dragon Age then. <laughs> no, I know. It's just... Oh, God. So, Kyle, Jen, you actually saw panels? Yeah. Yeah, they're actually pretty good. They? Um, yeah, that's some really good panels. Yeah, who was the, who was the um, Stargate dude we saw? Michael Shanks. Yeah, Michael Shanks. Like, seriously, I every single Stargate He's panelist... Hilarious. Every single Stargate actor must get a class in how to present a panel or something like that. Because even when they're presented with the most inane questions, people were asking him, like, you know, you know the episode where you, 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 like, you teleported? Like, how fun was it to film that episode? They'd have answers for those kind of questions. Yeah, but it's, it's, he's been doing it for, like, 15 years now or something ridiculous, so. Yeah. (laughs) But, um, yeah, I don't know. The sort of panels I'm, I'm, I used to be really interested in, but now I've seen so many panels with Stargate people and, and such, I'm kind of. 
sick of Stargate stories from the set, etc. I well, though I would have gone to see his panel if he had worn the Hawkman helmet the entire yeah. time because <laughs> that thing is hilariously stupid. <laughs> I he talked about that actually. He talked about the wings and stuff. And uh, did he talk it, about how he does the Christian Bale Batman voice as soon as he yes. puts the helmet on? <laughs> Um, not only that, I liked the fact that even though he got a lot of Stargate questions, there were a few questions for like his other shows. Mm. Um, I would like other Stargate. Yeah. He's He's in Smallville now as Hawkman. Sanctuary, he's Hawkman. I'm convinced that Sanctuary doesn't count. He was, he was in, he was in Eureka. He was in an episode. Oh, he was in Eureka. How freaking awesome was that episode? Things into gold. Yeah. No, I preferred him in uh, Burn Notice, actually. Yeah, he yeah, was awesome in Burn, in Burn Notice. Notice. Yeah, a few people talked about Burn Notice, and I liked that it wasn't just his Stargate stuff that got asked. There were some random questions, as Carl said. Remember that episode? I can't remember its name, where you did something. He's like, uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Although, I suppose, to be fair, none of the questions were as bad as um, when, they, when we had Seth Green at Armageddon last year and someone asked if he really was a werewolf. Are you serious? Yeah, yeah. They no really way. need to um, get those the people to ask questions to line up first. Ask them <laughs> yes, their questions, so and then filter out the crap. Know. You know, <laughs> that's what they do at like Comic Con and stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's a good idea. Filter out the crap. But yeah, it's it definitely like good that we can actually hear the the panels this year. We could also hear them on the other side of the wall. <laughs> actually, no, we couldn't. That's not true. We could hear the. Um, on the uh, the other side of the the main stage, like past the wall, you could hear the um, cosplay event uh, or whatever it is. Because uh, Brad Jolly, who was running it, or one of the people running it, and a, a friend of ours uh, or mine, uh, he um, <clears throat> he was announcing it, and um, he also helps out the level three guys, and they were trying to do an interview. So throughout their interview with Lloyd Kaufman is. Uh, Brad's voice in the background echoing over the over the interview. So I'm like, at least you're being interrupted by someone on your team. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Otherwise, you'd be like, shut up. <laughs> I yelled that out at one point anyway. I said, shut up, Brad. <laughs> Jesus, we're trying to listen to panels. Gosh. <laughs> but yeah, we got some uh, interviews as well. Um, we did. Yeah, on, on the podcast feed already, we have uh, Bill Farmer, who you had at the start of the episode. And we got, yeah, we also talked to Lloyd Kaufman as well. <laughs> Awkwardly brilliant interview there, yeah. Kyle. I've got to say. Shall we talk about that? I don't, dude, that was like they should cast you in the office. It was that awkward. Yeah, yes, it really was. You so, next to Martin Freeman. That's all you need to thanks. do. So yeah, if you haven't already, awesome. um, you can listen to two um, podcasts. Uh, they're already on the feed and on the website at kangeek.com. One is a it's a very cool interview with uh, Bill Farmer, giving some really insightful tips into being a voice actor and just kind of you know. Yeah, good, honest advice, and he's just a really charming guy. Uh, and then we have um, a conversation with Lloyd Kaufman. Um, it's something that can only... It resembles an interview in the barest, barest sense of an interview. Hey, kids, when you're an interviewer, don't do this. Can we start by talking about um, your days when you're working on Hollywood films, things like, you know, Saturday Night Live? Well, I think the most important thing, Troma has been around for 40 years, almost 40 years, and I think... Uh, Shakespeare said it all, to thine own self be true. Do what's in your heart, do what you believe in. Uh, and of course, he wrote that uh, best selling book, 101 Money Making Screenplay Ideas, otherwise known as Hamlet. So that would be my advice to the young people. Uh, 
I did work on Rocky and Saturday Night Fever when I was young, but um, those movies never went anywhere. Instead, I have chosen to make movies that nobody watches. Tromeo and Juliet, Poultry Geist, Night of the Chicken Dead, coming soon to a theater near you, thanks to Jigsaw, Jig, the, good, the good folks at Jigsaw, and um, other movies like The Toxic Avenger and stuff like that. But I was informed mainly by my uh, education, where I studied Latin and Chinese and history, and uh, read some books, young people. Don't just go out and watch zombie movies and uh, have some kind of inner resources and uh, maybe you can grow up to make uh, Star Wars. But I, didn't, I mean, not that I made Star Wars. I'm hey, pretty sure Kyle got uh, interviewing tips from Larry David. Is that awkward? <laughs> or Jerry Springer, depending on well, how Okay, at, at, at a point in the interview, like he, he wouldn't, he deflected all of my questions with started talking about like how did. Hamlet wrote a thousand one story books and how he's got, you know, uh, Poltergeist yeah, he, is coming out in cinemas soon. He kept um, talking about how his films are art and then bringing up um, Chicken Poltergeist or whatever the hell his film yeah. is called. So, and new there's this moment where I kind of offhandedly say, uh, well, just to quickly explain, um, Lloyd Kaufman, uh, he's a director, producer, writer, sometimes actor um, for Trauma uh, Entertainment, um, which you know c- creates kind of B-grade uh, movies, things like you know The Toxic Avenger, they produce Cannibal the Musical, um, you know, very, very kind of, um, you know, sex filled, violence filled, um, fun action films. Go off films, yeah, pretty yeah. Good. And so, yeah, we 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 talked to this 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 creator, director, producer Lloyd Kaufman, and uh, it was awkward for about eight minutes, and got more awkward when the dude said, uh, "I just offhandedly said, you know, oh well, you know, sex sells," and the dude just snapped and just said, "Oh, if you think that, then you're stupid, and this interview should end right now." I'm also curious. Your films are often, you know, very violent. You know, nudity and you know they're very R-rated. Sex. Yeah, yeah, better exactly. than nudity. It sells very well. Um, no, it doesn't. Sex doesn't huh? sell unless you're. What sells is a good movie. Unless you have a good movie, it doesn't sell. And if that's what you think, you are very stupid. And oh. This interview should stop. Oh, okay. And you didn't laugh, and you didn't go with it. You didn't go he, with he, it. What, man. He was. He was really. He was joking, but he was doing it really uh, sort of downplayed. Well, no, he was, he was cause, cause because about 30 seconds later, he said he the exact same up, thing, yeah. sex sells. So um, he, he he was definitely joking, but um, just he this wasn't doing it actor. very funny. Yeah. And, and Kyle wasn't sure. So well, I, had, yeah. I had three options. Credibly One, awkward. I could apologize. I could laugh it off. Or I Never could apologize say, in an interview. You know, you know, that's a good idea. This interview is horrible. Let's go now. Yeah. Um, I'm not I sure. Even if you do something wrong, never apologize in an interview. Nobody likes watching people apologize or listening to people apologize. Yeah. I thought it was hilarious. And no one, no one likes hearing in return apology not accepted. Just if you if you fuck up, just become a dickhead, and then at least it's entertaining. It's more than just sex, and sex does not sell unless you make it interesting and clever. Otherwise, you can just go to porno. Oh yes, yeah, certainly. I didn't mean it like that. Yeah, well, I was came just out like of, that. I'm, I'm I'm sorry about that, but I was. Apology not accepted. I'm very insulted. No, no, no. I'm just joking. What? I'm just oh, fucking okay. with you. Sorry, I was just worried for a second. You. Just fucking Okay, good. Sorry. I apologize. No, no, no. Sorry. I, um, <laughs> I was just wondering, if the right story came along, could you ever see yourself making a film that had no violence in it? My wife uh, tells me that all the time. My wife keeps saying, why don't you do, do it? <laughs> that yes. was funny. That was so funny. I think the funniest thing is the fact that I was about like a metre, maybe two metres away, and because of the noise of the whole area, I couldn't really hear what they were talking about. So I was just like chilling with this other guy who was a photographer, and we were just talking, and 
everything seemed to go really well. And then, yeah. uh, you know, they ended their interview. Like Kaufman came up to me. He was really nice. He was like, oh, how you doing? You know, gave me a kiss on the cheek. It was really nice and lovely. And then we walked up and Carl's like, oh, my God. <laughs> like, that was the worst conversation I've ever had with a human being. Yeah. And I was like, you're hey. so nice to me. Dude, you just don't have the gen skills. I think Will resents that. No, no, I have horrible conversations with you, Will, Will, but I enjoy them. I enjoy our horrible you conversations. You should just call him Will Will. <laughs> Dude, that's oh, Will Will. Name for him. <laughs> Will Will. Will Will. That's your new nickname, Will. Will. Will Will. Will Will. <laughs> Will, Will. But, um... I think it was more the funny that. Uh, I guess it was good that he didn't take it badly. Like, he could have just told me to, like, you know, I don't like the way your podcast is run, get out. But he was nice to me. Yeah, so maybe that you're would... a girl. I don't know. Well, I'm sorry. Maybe I'll do the interview next time, except I don't really know who he yeah. is. Um, but, yeah, I guess. Hey, all of my interviews have gone smashingly well. Thank you very much. That's because they took you up with Kavan Smith. And, and Gary Jones. Yeah. You know, so that was just awesome. Yeah. But I just found it hilariously funny that I couldn't really hear much. I heard the, the we can end this interview now, and I thought you guys were joking, so I was like, oh, whatever. And uh, he was really nice to me, and then you're like, oh, my God, I, I don't know if I can use that. I, I just don't know. Yeah, and because also, because it's an audio interview, there's all those extra little visual cues of just kind of trying mm. to read his face, and it's like I had no idea whether, because he was pretty straight-faced the whole time. Uh, I'm just going to point out, Jen, uh, every time you quote someone, you do an American accent. Do I really? <laughs> yes. You quoted Kyle and did an American accent. <laughs> awesome. Right. You did it earlier as well. It was hilarious. I can't believe that. That's pretty cool, actually. That's helpful. That's a skill. <laughs> I didn't even know. Uh, it's all right. When when uh, Creighton introduces the podcast, he always goes into an American accent, and I swear to God, I'm going to punch him in the face. <laughs> I, really I have, I have a radio it. voice but, that but I sort of he, go into. Here's the thing. Kind of... You know how we start off the show with a, with a little ID from um, Bill Farmer there? Mm. You know, at the end of the interview, um, we got Lloyd Kaufman to do like a little ID as well. You know, like, hey, you're listening to Can Geek. This is Lloyd Kaufman and all that. <laughs> he did like one that was like two minutes long. And then he's like, oh, yo, hey, should I maybe do a shorter one? I'm like, yeah, that'd be great. And he did the exact same one, the exact same word for word. Awesome. Dude <laughs> was fucking with me hardcore. I've got no idea. <laughs> And I have to say, That's like, awesome. I remember oh, that while, while his book, Make Your Own Damn Movie, is a really good book and it's, it's, it's a really good uh, instruction manual on all kinds of techniques and, you know, how to make a film any way you can, I kind of forgot that the dude's kind of a jerk in the book. <laughs> Not That's just in the book, why Kyle. It's a good book. Yeah, I kind of forgot about that bit. Like, may- maybe that's just his attitude and, and he's actually kind of friendly. But just... his way of being friendly then is to be, like, is to fuck with you. I think they should just use no your idea. interview in, like, journalists, uh, like, in schools and stuff and be like, this is what you don't do, kids. Yeah. <laughs> I wish you Don't apologise to the guy who's being angry. Just chuck it up with well, Okay, what, what would you guys have done? I would have laughed. Yeah, yeah I would have laughed as well, yeah. I would have Always rephrased laughed. what I said. I would have laughed, or I would have just kept going. Uh, yes. Yeah, no. you, say, you say that from your distance <laughs> of not doing the interview and not having eight minutes of trying to get him to answer a question. It's true. He did, he did dodge a lot of questions in the yeah. interview. He kinda, everything kind of went back to promoting what he was doing, 
rather than like answering the actual questions. Like that's the thing that we really liked about um, Bill Farmer. He, you know, he talked about like things he'd done, you know, when he was in college, and you know, it wasn't about him trying to sell anything. It was just like, you know, he used to go to the the drive-in and make funny voices. It had nothing to do with what he was selling or what he worked at. You know, he did a little thing at the end for us, but it was very just informational rather than buy my book. Yeah. Yeah, Bill Farmer was that. awesome to talk to. That was like when we got to talk to um, Richard Horvitz, where we where we got to go upstairs into the private green room, and yeah. it's like, holy shit, there's this awesome voice actor, and he's just you know really generous with his time and super friendly and nice. I, I love that. Um, we still get heaps of hits and comments on that Richard Horvitz interview. Um, it's up to like several thousand now. Yeah. Um, but uh, a lot of them are commenting about how awkward you are in that interview, Kyle. <laughs> Oh, most definitely. And I don't think it's that bad. I've got better interview technique now, except for when the uh, interviewees... I'm, I'm, I'm too used to having amicable interviewees, I guess. I'm not yeah. used to people kind of turning on me. I'm tempted <laughs> turning to upload on you. Yeah. this And uh, this throwing you to the wolves. Pretty much. <laughs> I'm tempted to upload this one to YouTube and just yeah. and link it to the other, other interview. But you think that's awkward. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, but that was just me being awkward and nervous. At least there was some content there. Yeah, like you can you can listen to the Lloyd Kaufman interview if you want, but you're not getting back those ten minutes. Just like I'm not getting it back. Wait a second. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about st- other stuff about Armageddon apart from that, because there was actually some fun stuff there. There was there some was. really good stuff there. Um, the artists were amazing. Um, yeah. Well, this year that's something I wanted to mention. I noticed there was a lot more of our uh, original artists. Uh, there, uh, less fan art, more people with their own zines and stuff like that, which I really enjoyed. I thought that was really good. You know, there was a few commissions I got done, which I don't usually do because um, I'm lazy and can't be stuffed to pay for them. Mm. But um, I really liked that there were some people there that were selling their own shit rather than this is another Final Fantasy bookmark, you know. Did, um, did you guys uh, check out a booth that was for uh, blackpanel.com? Yes. You did. I was. You saw yeah. that one. Yeah. You go to the thing. That's my cousin's site. A video game. Oh, site. I did see that one. Was... <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, oh, right. Yeah. They're doing a podcast. I've got. Yeah, we yeah, got the. Oh, we got the free CD for it. Yeah, that was cool. They're giving out their podcasts and on CD, which I think is a very yep. cool idea. Yeah. Hey, Kyle, I that was, cool. We don't know. Why we because don't know? it costs money. Because do that costs money. But it is a good idea because it means you. It's like a, a, a minimal barrier to entry. You don't even. You don't even have to download their free show. You just put it in your disk drive. I'll tell you why we haven't done it. Is we have to be at Armageddon all weekend. It's true. That's true. I was there most of it, so I would probably. Also, we wouldn't make there. any money off that. It'd just be free. No. And it no costs money. money to set up a booth, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. yeah. It's two hundred bucks. Uh, t- uh, artist alley table. That's something very interesting, actually, because Jen um uh, registered for a table next year, and I was curious to see that the uh the floor the floor plan that they had for 2011 looked substantially bigger. Yeah, I always thought that the artist alley um tables were in a better were always situated better than the um the the stores setups. Like if there's more room for the artists. It's just like it's sort of open. You can sort of stand in front of their desk and talk to them and stuff. And the stores always feel really cluttered and and there's always like I guess it's because they're more popular, there's more people mm, there. But yeah. well, generally they but, kind of have like a, a kind of open tent thing, so there's kind of a roof and walls to them, I guess. 
Whereas the yeah, yeah. the artist tables are just a table. A table. I th- I guess it also lends to um, security wise as well. It's probably easier yeah, having yeah. security in a booth than just an open table because yep. you can have just two people in the corners rather than all the way through. Whereas at a table, it's like just open completely. Mm. I was disappointed. Um, uh, Lee Zachariah wasn't there pimping his new comic book. Um, he said he might be, but I think they're going to skip and wait until next year. And because um, I would have uh, bought a copy, I kept meaning to do that, but never got around to it. Have you checked it out yet, Carl? I've I think, got no idea what you're talking you? about, actually. <laughs> so no. <laughs> oh, I'm glad I'm not the only one. But yeah, yeah I remember like, on the Kangeek podcast show notes at kangeek.com. Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll chuck it up there. Um, Lee is uh, one of the guys who used to host um, the Bazoo Project on Channel 31, and he was a guest on the lobby. A show Kaya was somehow involved in. Um, <laughs> I was somehow involved in that. Oh yeah, yeah that's right. Whenever you, was you know, well, showed up, Kyle's my stand-in. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Uh, I'm trying to find his card right now with uh, the, the company that's uh, doing releasing his comic book. Yeah. But, but there um, were some pretty cool comic books there as well. Like, yeah, you know, two dollars. There were that. a lot more stores selling comics instead of like the normal shit that they've been selling in all the other places. It was like half comic book stores. Hmm. There's usually about three comic book stores, I think, at, at each of these things. Well, maybe it was because there were only like six stores in the whole place. So. Yep. Very interesting. We've all gone quiet. Yeah, see, this is the problem when we do an episode entirely about Armageddon or Supernova or Manifest, and that's that there isn't enough to talk about at Armageddon, Supernova or Manifest. Yeah, we do kind of approach this wrong because... Look, we we go to these conventions every year, and we usually go to them like one or two days. I don't think Armageddon or Supernova or well, maybe maybe to a lesser extent Manifest. These kind of big pop culture cons. I don't think they, I don't think they're meant to. I don't think you should go to them every year, uh, as much as the organizers might hate us to say that. But I think it's something you should go maybe no, every second year because if you go to it every year, then it's, it's you no go when fresh there's and surprising. There's a standout guest. Unless it's a really well, good guest, but it depends on what you like to do. I mean, if if you want to go see the different guests for each year, that's great. Um, but a good thing is a lot of people I know who attend because I'm in the cosplay circles. Each year is a, a new chance to true, cosplay, true. so that's a big draw for us to attend. Um, if you're just an attendee who's going there, you know, you're not really interested in any guests or anything like that. You're not really going to have a great time. Um, you really, you really need to check out someone who, yeah, like you, um, really need to check out some of the people who are going to be there and see if you're interested in their work or even the artists or some of the booths there. But if you attend every year, I mean, you buy everything you want to buy. There's nothing there you want to buy. If you don't cosplay or you're not interested in it, then you don't want to watch it. And if you don't like the guests, then there's really no point. If you don't like the guests and you don't want to buy anything, what are you doing? Exactly. But that's, that's the point. Like. That's, but, like, I like to attend to see the cosplay, you know. I like to see the guests. Each year there's always been at least one guest that I wanted to meet and see, and each year I've met them, which has been great. Yeah. Um, I'm getting usually draw some of the, my favourite ones as well, so yeah. I'm always and like, definitely yes, check out the website, Armageddonexpo.com, uh, beforehand and check out what panels are going on. So Because sometimes, like, like John DiMaggio, he only ran one yeah. panel, which we sadly missed because it was yeah, in the was morning. A, there, there was a lot less panel this, panels this year, I noticed. Actually, um, that's Previous years, wanted... they had, like, repeat panels the next day where the same guests would come out or something like that, or and all the mm. guests would have a panel. 
this year. Well, because they've got less, they've got fewer panel rooms, I think, in the last couple of years. Yeah, and and they had what like uh, two or yeah. three panels a day that were That's for VIPs only, which just you know it's a. Uh, yeah, yeah, there was some panels that were VIPs only, what? which was like a hundred dollars to to get that that pass. And um, mm. I think the what is it, thirty dollars entrance, twenty dollars entrance, uh, should be VIP entrance. I mean, if you're paying twenty dollars to to go in and buy stuff that's overpriced, and and then see these panels and then pay for for autographs as well, I think they're asking a bit much to ask for a hundred dollars to see an extra couple of panels. But yeah. you've got to understand that hundred dollars uh, includes everything else as well. Like it includes like VIP access. You either silver or gold, and you get to go to like the early cocktail nights, and you get free access to everything else that goes on. So it's not just a hundred dollars to see those panels. It's like bigger thing. But yes, I get what you're saying. Yeah, it, it includes like autographs well, and the, stuff. The, the, so the difference th- is those though, are that, kind that, of included in the price. Is, sorry, Kyle, but so you can yeah. kind of deduct, you know, like the thirty bucks for each autograph you get. It can't. It's not quite so expensive as you might think. And then I think you also get a photo as well, so... Yeah, but the, the $100 is... I mean, if you want to pay $100 for VIP or whatever, that's whatever. But the problem is when you have these sort of public... Well, not public, but you have these group panel things and stuff. It just it seems like they're just taking content away from the people who pay $20, the average viewer, and giving it to the to the VIPs, which I don't think is going to help their... Business model. Oh, maybe. I think their business model is kind of working for, you know, the, a big part of their audience is the hardcore fan who will turn up to see these acts. These, yeah, exactly. This is perfectly yeah. aimed at someone who will be like, you know, I get to spend 10 minutes with, you know, with Chris Judd. Hells yes, I'll spend 400 bucks on that. Well, well, think think about the people who went to the the, the Doctor Who um, fan package. You know, they went to a special dinner with the the three Doctor Who guys that were there. You know, they got a photo op with each of the guys with, uh, you know, an included autograph, and that was four hundred bucks as well as you know they got the VIP sitting in the panels. So, Jesus. and there was only thirty tickets of those to be I, released. I don't get that. So, Am I the only one who doesn't understand paying hundreds of dollars to meet yes. these people? Doesn't that take the the fun and excitement out of meeting well, it's it's not aimed at you it's aimed at a it's it's aimed at a different kind of fan it's aimed at a different crowd yeah but if i'm a mega fan of someone i still don't want to pay 100 200 dollars uh, to meet this person i'd rather meet them on my own terms or the whole idea of meeting people and getting autographs and stuff i think is always a bit more it's added to it if you can get it for free and you can meet them on your own terms or in some kind of there's some kind of story you involved. Just want to stalk people and just kind of bump it, bump into them. Well, at if, the you bu- if you bump into people at a cafe and it's someone famous or someone cool or whatever, that's a story. If you pay three hundred dollars to meet some guy from who was in Doctor Who in the seventies, nobody gives a crap. Uh, yeah, like I said, I, I really don't think you're the um, audience for this kind of ticket. I I, I bet you, if if one of those VIPs who paid four hundred dollars to meet Doctor Who's went to another. Doctor Who fan who didn't pay $400 to meet them and said, hey, I got to meet the Doctor Who's because I paid $400. That <laughs> fan would go, fuck you. I don't know. I think Doctor Who fans would give a crap. And there's a lot of them, so... <laughs> because he didn't get to meet Doctor Who and you paid instead. Like, it's... It, yeah, I don't, I, just, I don't get it. I just don't get it. <laughs> I agree with you, Will. Thank you, Will. Holy crap. I don't think I'd like that. I'm sure they've got an audience for that because I mean, yeah, this, fuck you. I wish I could have gone. Run a bunch of uh, are responsible for getting a large number of the guests out to Armageddon, oh, and that, that's an their audience, whole business so just... model. The hub productions run a bunch of things where it's 
you know, uh, a limited amount of tickets and with a, with a handful of guests and really expensive tickets, but it's more kind of an intimate, you know, have dinner with the guests and meet them one-on-one a little bit mm. in a small crowd. And yeah. there must be an audience for that because Hub Production's been running yeah, for I'd a few years Yeah, I'd love to pay to have dinner with um, Michael Shanks. Then I can be, like, telling people about how I paid money to have dinner with Michael Shanks and they'd be so impressed. Yes. Yeah, I, it's really not for you, I guess. You, you don't understand it. This, see, this is what you're saying. You're going, oh, I'd tell people that I paid money to see Michael Shanks. You wouldn't tell people that. You go, I met Michael Shanks. He was really nice. You know, he spent time actually talking to me about things instead of just being there, to, you know, to get money, you know, because when you do get an, an autograph, it's like, hi, how are you? Bye. You know, that's because they've got so many people going there. But you can say, yeah, I actually got time to actually sit down and talk to him, you know, and that was really nice. And even though... No one once mentions that they paid 400 bucks to it or anything like that. No one mentions that they paid 20 bucks to get into a con if they want to see someone or that they paid $40 for an autograph. They just say, I just got an autograph from someone. Isn't that kind of sad, though? You hide to hide the fact for it to be even it's slightly hiding. interesting. It's just you don't mention it. It's, it's like... It's, it's well, because it's it's not, the experience is important. It's like... It's not a factor that you, you put in. It, yeah, it's the experience of meeting them that's more yeah. important to you than the money. It's like I, 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 just, I would pay. It's like it's like going skydiving. You're willing to pay so many hundreds of dollars for that brief experience. But yeah. I'd rather just be randomly thrown out of a plane. That would be much yes. more exciting. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do that. Can we please throw him out of a plane at some point and be like, "You wanted this. You wanted it." <laughs> and I'd be like, "Yeah, I did." And then I'd probably <laughs> shit myself <Splat>. and die. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> but it would be a hell of an experience. <laughs> That's fun. You wouldn't be able to tell what anyone how you got for free, though. <laughs> yes. Yeah, if well, I paid for that. Plan, it was totally free, man. <laughs> Someone uh, would have lost maybe their license. Maybe, maybe it's not your problem that you, you're not the audience for this. Maybe it's just because you're cheap, Liam. Just saying. <laughs> cheap. You're a cheap person. I just think it's not. It's not. It's not so much about the money. It's about the story and the 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 experience of what happened. And I think once, if you're setting up sort of uh, this sort of thing and you're, and you're just paying for it. And um, it's also how they interact with you as well, because obviously when you're talking with these people, they're seeing you as someone who paid to talk with them. Well, we, and I just, we didn't yeah, go to this event. So, well, we didn't go yeah, to the VIP event. I don't know rather. for sure that they so. act, if they act in, but I mean, they come on, they've got to, right? Like you would, if someone paid to talk with you, you would, act differently from if you just met them at a bar or something. It's, well, it's... Uh, let's talk about things we actually went to, seeing as none of us actually went to the VIP events. All right. It's true, yeah. yeah. Let's talk about the masquerade ball! <laughs> I didn't go to that either. The ball that was neither a masquerade <laughs> nor a ball. Yeah, so on Saturday... Um, on, what was it? Saturday night? I think I was the only one who actually attended it. Um, Kyle just sat out the front because he was just like, what is this? Um, I went in and then just went up. The name was misleading, to say the least. Yeah. Um, so- it wasn't a masquerade. There wasn't a ball. It was a bunch of live bands playing uh, local anime-themed uh, and, you know, manga-themed bands and stuff. Uh, did a lot of show tunes and, and stuff from those. And uh, also the burlesque shows, which I really enjoyed. I really enjoyed the burlesque shows. Um, yeah. They were awesome. It's kind of weird because we, it, says, it says, you know, 7.30, masquerade ball. And we walk in and, you know, there's some people in masks and suits and stuff. I'm like, oh, okay, this could be interesting. And we walk in and everyone's sitting down, like 30 people sitting down, um, just sitting and watching a band playing. Like, wait, what yeah. are all the masks for? 
Yeah. Yeah, that's what I I think mainly it wasn't that it wasn't it was it was late night entertainment more than anything. Yeah. It wasn't a masquerade or a ball. It would have been awesome if it was a masquerade ball. Yeah. That would have just they, been Did epic. they have a dance floor? There was they they had kind of a little space and there was Florida? a little bit of dancing, but it was all kind of lame. It, re- it really wasn't a venue for a live band and the crowd yeah, really wasn't The acoustics went very well. Yeah. Like, so they didn't work very well. They called it a masquerade ball, but they had obviously never seen or been to a ball. Yeah, it was, was think, it was it was bands and uh, a short burlesque show. I think it may have started out that it was planned to be a masquerade ball, and then like an actual ball, like an actual event ball. But uh, I think maybe that in the end it just became. Oh, we lost Jen. Oh, internet's Jen. are down. Internet's are down. You know what happened now? We'll all drop one by one until there's only one left. And for some reason, I dropped. Yeah. All right, sweet. We're back online. Let's let's resume. Um, so yeah, uh, so the, the, some bands played and people kind of sat down and some kind of danced in a circle for a little bit. And afterwards, some some girls came out and apparently there was a burlesque show. Uh, <laughs> I came in at the, for the last thirty seconds of the burlesque show, so I'm not sure exactly what happened. A girl strip and dance. That's pretty much what happened. Jen, tell us about the burlesque show. What the burlesque show. It was a burlesque show. Okay, a burlesque show is a uh, it's a form of theatre. Uh, usually, there's some form of skit where it is a striptease in a sense. It's a uh, but with it's women pretending it's a che- not it's a cheeky striptease. But the idea isn't uh, what you're going to see; it's the chance of what you could see um, more than anything. But they're not getting naked or anything like that. They it's never get like... naked. Like never yeah, get they're... naked all the way. It's not. It's sexy dancing with. Usually, some kind of theme or a skit or yeah. some something. So, like, they come out like wearing like a shawl or something like that, and they're like, yeah, like it, it, taking off my beanie and stuff. <laughs> You've never been to a strip club, have you, Carl? <laughs> it, it's more based. Yeah. <laughs> it, it could it could have a winter a theme. Winter themed strip club. <laughs> it could have a winter themed Kyle. It could. I would it's go to that just for the novelty factor. Come out wearing a big parka. It's Sexy. Like, oh, you can't see my form. They're all dressed this. like Russian housewives. <laughs> <laughs> Oh God. But yeah, you I want mean... vodka. <laughs> I'm not sure what happened then. I I found it was a little bit misleading. The name. I enjoyed the burlesque shows, so like they were awesome. The bad ladies, you guys rock. Um, so I enjoyed that bit. But I was just more like, what's going on here? There's all these people in masks, and there's definitely a few people who are dressed up, but there's like nothing going on. Yeah, so like the burlesque show went on for like five to ten minutes, and then that was kind of the end of ma- the masquerade ball, yeah. I guess. It was. It was. Uh... Although I guess the masquerade ball kind of ended. Before I mean, there it was a few. There was a. I think there was so glad two I didn't or three burlesque shows um, throughout the whole thing, um, like split between the live bands. Um, uh, I, I enjoyed. I was only to see able to see the first one, which was really good, and I really enjoyed that. Um, the bands. I thought they were good. They were just, it wasn't really a good place for it acoustically wise. And it was neither a masquerade nor ball. And it was just, I was like, what, what, what's going on? I disagree on the bands being good. Just for the record. Do, you I disagree, disagree on, on anything being, being good. No, I just disagree on anything at Armageddon being good. That's, there's an important <laughs> difference to make there. You don't like anything you're. Att- I think in every convention I've attended with you, you're like this is terrible. Oh well, the, 
No, the magic. Are you ever happy? Wait. Are you ever happy? The, the magic and the uh, Dungeons and Dragons guys, right? I think they do a pretty good job when they're at the event. They actually give you like something to do while they're selling something. Yeah, they need to do more of that. But I mean, I've done that like three times already. I don't need to do that again. So the rest of it is just, eh. I remember. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Like, they're running. They're running the D and D tables yeah, again this year. They were advertising the new red box for D and D, which um, mm-hmm. I don't know much about it, but it's it's like the re release of the original D and D kit or something like that. Yeah, but wow. uh, I don't. Know. I should probably also mention if anyone's interested in um doing a little D and D session like that um over at uh most game stores they're running things called um uh. D&D experiences. I'll, I'll link that on the show notes in case anyone's interested. Oh, that's like the hour-long like, sessions, right? Yeah, it's like an hour-long session every Wednesday or every second Wednesday at different places. Like your, your, your games workshops and other game stores running them. Yeah, it's a pretty cool idea because most people don't have like the four hours it takes to play yeah. <laughs> a, a session of, of D&D. So it's, it's cool that they have these little action-packed sort of sequences. Um, even though I'm still not a big D&D fan, but, you know, it's cool. Um, all right, let's 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 try and be positive. I enjoyed it. Uh, I didn't like people. But you don't like let's... people. There, he said it. I don't like people. <laughs> <laughs> Jen, this is why we have you on the show. To Pardon? point out the obvious. <laughs> Although that said, it was kind of funny um, how similar <laughs> Jen and Will could be when they were both arguing about something or whining about something. <laughs> that was scary when we had two. Wills. That was terrifying. What, like Will Will? Yeah, like Will Will. <laughs> it was Will Will. I, I demand to be the first Will. Cool, man. They'd both be bitching, and they were an unstoppable force of bitching. It was. It was pretty awesome. We, uh... Yeah. The, the banter was, was done well, I thought. Um, yeah. But, uh... I just I, I I do you do realize though that I have to keep you guys apart from from, from now on. I I what? you just don't like us making fun of you, Kyle. Exactly, that's all we did, and it but, was brilliant. It's totally selfish. Take one for the team, man. Actually, that's something we should add is that um, it's Armageddon is a really good place to um uh, meet up with people and friends and stuff because you know most of the entertainment is just you know hanging out with friends in an environment. But maybe not have the group be quite so large because we had like a, a like a seven or eight person posse at. Don't at say posse. And <laughs> it was, if you will, it was and the it kept guild. getting broken up. Just all hang the with our posse, you. The Scooby <laughs> Guild, as we like to call. But it. yeah, you just you just lose people all over the place. Like someone would go, like a certain Will would go over to take an awesome photo, and we just lose him. I think it's more that Will escaped. Exactly. Yeah, he would be like, I'll be there, and then he'd be gone. I'm like, damn it! You guys would be talking about shit for like five minutes, and then you just keep talking about the same shit. I'm just like, yeah, okay, whatever, bye. And then sneak off. (laughs) I kept going, like, I kept using a, I'm going to take a photo for an excuse. And you just leave. I was like, god damn it, why didn't I bring a camera? (laughs) Yeah. You did take some really cool photos, which we'll have up on the website, though. Oh, yeah. I need to get them off my camera. Yeah, you should. Yeah, Send he was totally in love with his photos. Like, dude, shit. check out my photo awesomeness. No. Okay, I wasn't completely in love with the photos. Yeah, you totally were. You were like, oh, my photos. Oh. I had nothing else to do. <laughs> they were yeah, very pretty. I, I can't wait till I get a new camera so I can I can sort of have that least that element out of these events where you can go around, take cool photos and stuff. Make your own entertainment. 
Yeah. Something else I've been doing to entertain myself at cons is um I've got like a little sketchbook, and so rather than buying toys and stuff, Kyle, kind did of you start microwaving up... something? No, I didn't start microwaving like something. It. Uh, okay. Kyle's Thanks making my computer. <laughs> anyway, look, no one, no one's going to hear that because of the noise gates. Anyway, <laughs> and because they're going to hear this. Are you, are you also going to get uh, the noise gates to filter out Will? <laughs> just in awesome. general. <laughs> filter out Will. That's just the mute you button. You guys need me. <laughs> um, but no, I find it's a good idea. I've got a, I've got a sketchbook, and I just kind of go around and commissioning artists and stuff. Which it's it's way better to cl- collect pieces of paper rather than collecting toys which take up space on your shelf and it's just kind of an interesting way to spend your money. Sorry, Kyle. I just, is Lloyd Kaufman a, a friend of yours on Facebook? He might be. Seriously? <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, should I, should I defriend Lloyd Kaufman? <laughs> you should totally defriend Lloyd Kaufman. I, I don't know if I should. Why are you defriending him? <laughs> it's not like you're going to send that interview to him. Like, hey, Lloyd. Yeah, I was considering like whether I should um, put it up Post on his Post it on his page, wall. Yeah, do it. Let's not. Oh god! Oh. Now one of the listeners might might do that. Or just tag oh, him. Great. Do the at Lloyd Kaufman in in when you post uh, it on your wall. You'd be awesome. <laughs> that would be awesome. So yeah, I'm, should I should I stay Facebook friends with Lloyd Kaufman or not? Like this is a big dilemma for me. <laughs> it's a huge dilemma for you. It's sad that that's what your biggest dilemma is at the moment. I have a very complex life. I'm sure you do. I am dealing with some serious issues of the 21st century. <laughs> oh. First world geek problem. Okay. All right. Let's 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 wrap it up with some unknown, some final words, maybe some pro tips for people new to the convention. Say excuse me when you don't be Liam. Fuckers. What did I do? Do you just hate everything? Both of you, all of you. You just hate, you hate, don't go into a convention just like hating everything, just being Will or Liam, hating I, life I didn't, doesn't help. <laughs> I didn't mean to hate everything, but I rocked up in, in the afternoon, right, um, because uh, I was going to do something else afterwards, so I figured I'd, I'd catch a couple of hours at the event. I, I rocked up, I missed all the panels that were slightly interesting, and then they told me I couldn't come back the next day and use the same path, even though previously they'd never said that. In fact, they're told me. Yeah, you could people. have come back and used the same path. You could have, yeah. That's the thing. I, I hate shit at, that, at events. It just sucks the fun right out of the event. When it was, it's it was just... um, more that there was miscommunication between staff. Actually, that's what I wanted to say. The staff was really oh, good. Oh, man. They rocked. Yeah. You you must have talked to the one non-awesome staffer because yeah. like, all the staffers they were awesome. Just, we went they right into always the, we... make the con for me. Because uh, you know, I looked up Bill Farmer's Wikipedia and I was kind of interested in him before and then I realized that Bill Farmer was also the voice of Sam and Sam Max Hit the Road. And we're like, holy shit, we have to go back. We need to talk yeah, to Bill. Cool. And they organised that too. You know, we went upstairs yeah. to the green room area and just out the front. That was organised in like 15 minutes. It was, yeah, it was great. Oh, one thing I wanted to mention that just irked me, really irked me, the way the panels and the lists were set out in the con book, I had no oh, idea yeah. what was going on. There was just a list that was like, but where is it? When is it? Like the main stage, but where is the main stage? You know, it wasn't usually a, a con book will have like the events set out in this nice big panel and it's got like this overlaps with this so you can, you know, work your way around it. But this was just like this is on at this time in this area. Actually, that that wasn't a big failing of the, the, the convention book, but like because they did it did have the when it did have the what and uh, and the where. 
Um, cause, and they had a map in the back. So you could find where the yeah. panels were. The big problem, though, is that it didn't have a list explaining who the guests oh, were. Oh, yeah. That was a big thing, so too. So if yeah. you didn't remember the names... You, you'd look at this list of names and, and, the, and the events that were going on, you're like, well, am I interested in seeing that panel? I'm not sure. Because sometimes you just remember an actor or a celebrity for what they do, and you don't always immediately remember that, oh, hey, John DiMaggio, he did, he's Bender and he's Jake in Adventure Time. Yeah, that is true. Yeah, it was kind of weird because, like, there was, it, was, it was a four or five page con book. Most of it was and, advertised. And, like, three of those pages were ads. Yeah, three one of them page were was ads. Matt, and one page was the uh, convention list. I, uh, not really a schedule, the worst thing I list. found is it didn't have, yeah, as you said, a description of what was going on. Because a lot in a lot of convention, there's, um, you know, they'll have a panel with a guest, but they might be talking about a specific thing. Like, you know, they might be talking about how they, you know, got into directing or, or something like that when they actually have other, you know, arts that they look into. Um, so I didn't have any of that. So it was kind of like, this is the actor's name and it's a free-for-all. Like, Yeah. What? And just say, like, you know, Bill Farmer, 10 o'clock. What happened to, um, remember a few years ago when you got your little showbag thing as you enter? Um, yeah. It used to have things like info about what's happening at the event. Uh, and coupons for the stores and stuff that are there and stuff like that. Now it's just ads. Well, there's still and coupons in there. Like, there's a few coupons really? in there. I think there's a Global yeah. Gear coupon and um, stuff like that. But it's it's not in the con book anymore. They're usually separate. Um, the separate uh, leaflets that are in it. But, uh, yeah, the it con book feels like is they just... give you a bag full of trash, honestly. <laughs> well, here's the thing as well. It also relies on... Because the the convention doesn't organise those coupons, the the storeholders have yeah, to arrange that with the exactly. convention and pay for that. Oh, that's that's not something course. they provide. That said, Armageddon does need to provide um just a short blurb of what the event actually is. Like each of those panels need like a, a one sentence summary at the at the very least. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Yes. Yeah, just a little bit. <laughs> Thank more you, info. Will. Sorry, I had to do it for a while. Yeah, I know. Yes. Wholeheartedly, yes. Alright, that was Armageddon. Let's wrap this up. That was Armageddon. I enjoyed it. Yeah. I found I it. I probably would have enjoyed it uh, if I had spent a whole day there instead of just the, the end of the afternoon. Yeah. Well, I, think, I think one way that you, you've got to enjoy it a bit more is because there is some stuff going on, but I think a good way to make sure that you keep yourself entertained is to kind of plot out your day mm. and kind of have, okay, at, at 10 o'clock, we're going to go see this panel. At 3 o'clock, we're going to go collect our photos. At, you know, yep. 4 o'clock, we're going to go here and we're going to, um, uh, you know, pick up our sketchbooks or something. If you if you got to kind of I think- have deadlines to keep you moving, otherwise you just kind of get into a mode oh. of, well, now I've kind of seen the entire event. What do I do now? I think that's go probably in the morning as well. Because, you and me, um, Carl, enjoyed it more because we had the interviews and we had the photos we needed to pick up and the sketchbooks and the commissions yeah. and, you know, there were a few panels we wanted to see as well. So it was actually really jam-packed a lot of the days. We were kind of like... And then trying to get everyone anywhere was just, like, hurting cats. So... Yeah. 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 Uh, you definitely yeah, have like to go in the morning as well because it, it seems like all the best panels and stuff happen in, in the first, like, three, four hours of the con. Yeah, check the website beforehand, see what's on, and plan your day. Oh, I'd say, if, if you ask me, considering the normal sleep patterns, yeah, that seems like poor planning and part of the event, having everything <laughs> yeah. early morning. I can understand that. Um, but you think least the they... stars want their panels to be out of the way and stuff, and then they can just spend the, the rest no, of the day. Yeah, uh, it, it's, it's fine that it's on in the morning. Um, I think uh, 
it was a, I was a little disappointed that that um, even though I, I wasn't able to descend the second day because I was told I couldn't, um, that it, when I was looking at the timetable for Sunday, it was a bit weaker than it looked a, l- a lot weaker than the Saturday. And um, in in the past, well, I suppose Saturday's their main day. Yeah, too. yeah. Well, well, previously they I sort of noticed with their schedules they tried to make them both strong. Like if you couldn't show up on the Saturday, they'd have repeat yeah. panels or something like yeah. that and stuff like that. And this year they just ditched that completely. Hmm. That, uh, that idea of if you can't make it to that day, you can still go the Sunday where it now it just seemed like if you go Sunday only, yeah, it's not going to be as good. <laughs> yeah. I did like that. They had, sometimes they had double panels. I like they had the same panel on two different days so that people who missed it the first day, like, you know, you couldn't get in mm. or something happened that you could... And they run it at different hours too. Like, they'd have, like... Yeah. You know, I remember, like, last... Like, a couple of years ago, they'd have, like, Alan Tudyk at 10 a.m. on Saturday <gasps> and then he'd be at 3 p.m. on Sunday. But great. Uh, the other thing is, you know, there's a point where, especially if there's a panel that is hugely popular, you know, um, that as soon as people arrive, it's going to be packed. And at a certain point, they can't fit any more people in. So there are people who are going to miss out on those panels. So it's always good to have a second one so that the people who missed out the first time can see it the next time. Well, that was one of the benefits of actually um, running the panel rooms inside the inside the warehouse area because even if they flood up the seats, there's still all this space around the outside of the walls. Oh, and they the, let you the stand there? Walls. Yeah, you can just stand yeah. there. And, and people. Would but just, you have to make sure good, there's cause... space in, the, in between, yeah. you know. And you can't do that in a lecture theatre because then it's a fire hazard. Yeah, yeah like the... it, it, that's good because in previous um, sort of events, they, they, mm. um, they have you sit and then if, if there's no more seats left, they kick you out, which is yeah. Yeah. annoying. So that, that is a benefit there. Yeah, yeah definitely. I, so, I, um, I think... Armageddon, it's all right. Yeah, I, 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 I think... It, it, it's okay. I, I obviously didn't have a, a great experience, but that's not going to, not everybody's going to have that experience. And also uh, most of the guests, uh, two of the three guests that I was actually interested in seeing, two of them canceled. Yeah. So, that's always terrible when that happens. And, and that's happened like three years in a row now that well, the main no, guests that fair, I've been interested to see like, is canceled. And I'm not even interested in like the big name guests usually. <laughs> so it can, it's been really annoying when, when, uh, when a guest I want to see uh, it cancels and stuff, and it's happened multiple years in a row, and this has happened at Supernova and Armageddon, and you know all of those. Yeah. So it's it's after but a while. They, they do have like, busy well, film naturally. schedules, and they always. I don't think it's, they always do a good. I don't think he's saying it's like the staff's fault or you know the people who run no, its fault. It's just it's a letdown more than I'm, anything. I'm it's the nature, it's sick nature of, it. of the business, though, <laughs> and they always do a good job of filling in. Um, with guests, I mean, in the last couple of weeks, they managed to get in John DiMaggio, which is a pretty good coup. No, they do they do a pretty good job of that, of course, and um, and it's 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 obviously not their fault, but um, it's it can be annoying when they announce like really early that we've got this guest, and you get all excited, and then of course that yeah. guest always cancels. <laughs> Again, another reason to double check the website. Oh no, you definitely have to double check. Um, yeah, just so you can. Uh, was it ArmageddonExpo.com? Is that it? Yeah, ArmageddonExpo.com. Yeah, and then you get to select where you want to be because they've got uh, expos in New Zealand as well, and which oh, yeah, just wrapped up. Mentioned like they're expanding they're crazy, next branching year. out. Next year they've got an event in Melbourne, Sydney, Adelaide, and Tasmania, yeah. as well as their existing events in like three places in New Zealand as well, like Christchurch, Auckland, and Wellington. Yeah. Sorry, did you say Adelaide and Tasmania? Yeah, hey, yeah. Tasmania is a huge hub now, and Adelaide pulls in so many people for Avcon. It's not funny. Yeah. 
I know that the weird. Tasmanian sci-fi convention was um, postponed. So they know, don't have no one in Brisbane yet. No. Armageddon. Nah. Supernova. Well, I suppose there's supernova. The supernova um, uh, Animania and stuff have a kind of monopoly up there. So, yeah, and then you yeah. get like Gen Con as well, or Gen Con. I call it Gen Con, but Gen Con. Yeah. No. Which didn't happen this year. No, it didn't. That's the worst thing, actually. When a convention is planned and then it just doesn't happen, and you're like, "Is it on? Key games. Not on? What? What's going on? <laughs> like, yeah, that's the worst thing. I've had that happen to me a few times. So, luckily at the point, I hadn't booked tickets. But if I had, I would have been pissed. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's wrap this up. All right, totally. Um. So, yes, this has been the CanGeek podcast. Our main thing is the website, CanGeek.com, which is a list of all kind of events happening around Australia and New Zealand. I'm closing. All right. Done. Thanks for listening. Thank you. I think. All right. It's been awesome. For more information on Armageddon, you can visit ArmageddonExpo.com. And for more about CanGeek, you can check out CannedGeek.com, where we now have the updated guide for every event and convention happening in the year 2011.